Connecting for positive change. Hello, hello and welcome. Um, amazingly, we are up to episode five now. So thank you for joining us again and welcome to the Hydro Generally podcast series, um, which is brought to you by Innovate UK KTN. So my name is Steph Eldred and I work in the clean energy and infrastructure team at Innovate UK KTN. Um, just to remind ourselves, we've heard about how hydrogen is produced, where it should and could be used, and uh, we've now dived into the specific sectors so far of aviation and marine. Before we get into today's episode, just the quick summary again of the podcast and the network. So Hydro generally, the podcast series is, is the voice really of the Hydrogen Innovation Network and we look at applications, opportunities and challenges of the, of the hydrogen economy. We want to help enable local clean hydrogen uptake at scale and cost, so at comparable costs, um, and try and help find novel solutions to aid this. So if you haven't already, then please do go to the Innovate UK KTN website um, through the link in the description and sign up to receive newsletters and updates. I think you can pretty much just Google KTN and hydrogen and um, it will come up and you'll also find previous and future episodes of the podcast there. So following on from aviation and marine, today we're going to continue our tour around different sectors and look at glass, glass production. So helping me out today is my colleague Neelam Murghal. Hello Neelam, can you introduce yourself and tell us about your role and of course just as importantly introduce today's guest. Hey Steph, yes of course. Um, hi everyone, my name is Neelam and I look after advanced materials at KTN. So this covers a range of materials for high-tech applications such as energy storage, materials for space and metamaterials. I also work on the ISCF Transforming Foundation Industries Challenge and over the past two years, this TFI challenge has delivered a series of activities to enable the sustainable future survival of these industries within the UK through energy and resource efficiency improvements. These industries are the metals, paper, glass, cement, ceramics and chemical sectors. So on that note, uh, we are really lucky today to have Rob Ierson with us to help us understand the opportunities and challenges facing the glass sector. Rob is Innovation and Partnerships Manager at Glass Features. Um, so over to you, Rob. Please could you introduce yourself and a bit about your role? Brilliant. Thanks, Neelan. And thanks very much for inviting me to join you. It's a great privilege to be here with you. Um, so my, as Neelan said, my name is Rob Ierson. I'm the Innovation and Partnerships Manager at Glass Futures. So I head up all of the technical and research activities across the organisation. Uh, my background is material science and metallurgy, so I've worked in the steel industry and then I spent the last 10 years working in the glass industry and most of that time has been spent uh, working on industrial research, particularly in terms of areas such as looking at making industry more sustainable. Uh, for those who aren't so familiar with Glass Futures, uh, Glass Futures is a relatively new organisation. Uh, we have established ourselves to be the Global Centre of Excellence for Glass. Uh, so our core remit really is to drive new developments and research across the glass industry uh, with a real focus to try and make the glass industry more sustainable. And in terms of how we want to do that, we want to really provide um, a platform um, whereby we can really take technologies from 
lower stages of research and we can fast track them through to the point where they can be commercialized and deployed in industry. And the way we want to do that is by, first of all, providing the research infrastructure that's required to do that. So we're currently in the process of building a 30 tonne per day glass pilot line facility in St. Helens in the UK. Uh, the idea is that this will be effectively a mini glass production line where people can come and try on new technologies. And in addition to that, we're looking to have a host of other research equipment, such as a multi-fuel combustion test bed that we've developed at the moment that can trial and benchmark different fuel technologies like hydrogen against other technologies like um, natural gas, electric melting and biofuels. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. Really comprehensive. And thanks, Neil. I'm great. Uh, really appreciate you joining us today. Um, let's kick off with a question or two and see see where the conversation goes. So being completely honest, I'm very far from a glass sector expert. So, Rob, do you think you could just give a quick overview of where you think the opportunities for hydrogen in glass production lie? Sure. Um, well, for those who are not so familiar with glass manufacturing, uh, basically at the heart of the glass manufacturing process is the glass furnace. So this is a massive refractory box that can hold upwards of a couple of thousand tons of molten glass at any moment in time. And these furnaces require, as, as you can probably guess, a huge amount of energy to melt the raw materials and then to condition the glass to make it homogenous and to get rid of all the, the little bubbles from it. So we get the beautiful glass material that we all uh, love to drink out of and put put in our windows in our homes. Um, so the, the main opportunity I think that hydrogen has to offer the glass industry is really in that, that glass furnace where around 70 to 80% of the energy that's required to make glass is used. Uh, nearly all of that energy at the moment is supplied by natural gas. And uh, there's a bit of electric melting, but most of it is, is supplied by natural gas and uh, that is a fossil fuel. So I think there's a, a massive opportunity for hydrogen to be a substitute for that natural gas. Um, so I think that's the main reason, the main opportunity that, that hydrogen has for the glass industry. Uh, there are also a number of other downstream processes which could use hydrogen, such as in the um, annealing processes and, and some of the kind of cutting and polishing processes as well. Um, although they um, are probably smaller or they account for a smaller percentage of the overall energy. I think there are, there are opportunities there, although they might be more challenging to, to exploit. Thanks for that, Rob. Um, so I'm sure that with all the opportunities you just highlighted, there'll, there'll be plenty of challenges as well. So do you mind sharing your thoughts on these? Yeah, sure. So unsurprisingly, there are going to be a lot of challenges. Um, for example, the way in which hydrogen combusts is very different to the way in which natural gas combusts. You get a very different type of flame. Uh, so, for example, a hydrogen flame has a much lower emissivity uh, than natural gas flame, uh, which means that actually if you look into a furnace that's burning hydrogen, you can barely see the flame at all. Whereas in a normal glass furnace, you get a beautiful, bright, yellowy, orangey flame that you can look at. Uh, so this has challenges. So, for example, it's much harder to optimise the flame dynamics. So the shape of the flame in the glass furnace is really critical um, in terms of governing, for example, how the heat is transferred into the glass and how the glass raw materials melt. Um, so that's one challenge. Uh, there's also the, another challenge of having a what we call a low emissivity flame that's virtually invisible is it also affects the, the actual heat transfer 
itself into the glass. So the fact that a normal natural gas flame is nice and yellowy and orangey, those wavelengths of infrared light and the visible light actually really um, easily absorbed by the glass. Whereas the, the fact that the hydrogen flame doesn't have as much of those rate, those, those wavelengths does affect the heat transfer into the glass as well, which is, is something we're currently trying to understand how that might impact the glass process. Uh, other challenges um, are linked to the fact that hydrogen flames tend to burn at a much higher temperature than natural gas flames. So this means that there's an increased risk of having problems with NOx emissions. So the amount of NOx that's produced by a flame goes up significantly as you go to higher temperatures. So hydrogen flames are known to have higher NOx. So that's something which the industry is looking at addressing. And then there are other challenges. Um, so the atmosphere that's generated when you combust hydrogen is very different, again, to natural gas. Um, you pretty much just get um, a lot of water in there when you combust hydrogen. Um, and that just really affects the atmosphere in the furnace. So that can have quite interesting effects. Um, it can do things like it can affect the glass itself because the molten glass can absorb a little bit of, of that water. Um, it can also mean that some of the elements in the glass, particularly elements like sodium and sulfur, they can be um, volatilized more easily. And again, when they get into the furnace atmosphere and when they mix with the, the moisture, the higher moisture content in that atmosphere, again, that can result in higher uh, degradation and wear rates of, of refractories. So that's something else which the industry is, is again is aware of and is, is looking at trying to find solutions to address. And then there's issues uh, more on the, the supply and the economics side that um, are going to be a challenge. Uh, so I already mentioned that a glass furnace is, is big and um, a typical glass manufacturing site they can produce between 800 and 1600 tonnes of glass per day. And that can use up to two gigawatts of energy. And when you translate that into hydrogen, um, that can equate to upwards of 60 tonnes of hydrogen, uh, which if you convert that into hydrogen trailers, could be upwards of, of 100 trailers per day, maybe even twice that for some of the, the, the bigger sites. So you can see that just the logistics of getting the hydrogen to the site, again, is, is going to be a challenge for the industry. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really interesting hearing you talk there because things like the, you know, the the fact that the flame is invisible with hydrogen, for example, I guess those are common challenges across some perhaps um, other energy intensive sectors, cement and things like that will be dealing with the same issues. But when you get into the, um, you know, the moisture, ultimately getting into your end product and the impact that can have, that's obviously, you know, very specific to uh, to glass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just on a different note, then what um, in terms of sort of motivation and drivers, you know, you've obviously a lot is going on around hydrogen and how it can work for the glass sector. So what would you say are the sort of key drivers behind that, you know, the sort of hydrogen adoption going forwards? Yeah. So I think the biggest motivation is the motivation for the glass industry to decarbonize itself. So there is a a real interest and keenness across the whole of the industry now to find ways to decarbonise its processes. And hydrogen, I think, is, is an obvious candidate to do that. Um, I think mainly because it is it is a gas. Um, so therefore, there are a lot of parallels in terms of how it how the current infrastructure can be used with hydrogen. Because it, there's, although there's differences between hydrogen and natural gas, there are a lot of similarities as well. The fact that hydrogen can be 
transported via pipelines means that if the current natural gas pipeline infrastructure can be converted to be able to hold hydrogen obviously makes it very straightforward to get the hydrogen to the site we don't have to rely on putting a lot of extra cabling and, and substations that we would need if we wanted to switch to electricity, for example. We wouldn't have to have the additional traffic that might be associated with liquid fuels like biofuels that the industry is also exploring. Um, so I think that's that's one um, reason why the, the industry is looking at it. And I think the other one is because hydrogen is one of those fuels that is has the potential anyway to be truly green. So if you can uh, create the hydrogen via electrolysis to make green hydrogen then it is very clear that 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 hydrogen is is truly green there's no carbon emissions linked with it okay great yeah thanks for highlighting those um the external factors that are at play rob um so i'm just wondering in internally how do production professionals or, or glass um operators actually view the sort of hydrogen adoption and transition because i've guessed they've had so many years of refining their plants that run on natural gas but is there a sort of um, keenness to move forward or is there reluctance? I think there is a certainly a growing interest in hydrogen as an industry. Um, so it is seen as, as a fuel that the industry wants to explore and hopes that it will be feasible in the future. However, I think understandably, there's also some scepticism and quite a lot of nervousness associated with that, uh, primarily because of the, the challenges that we've already discussed. Uh, but I think there are also concerns over aspects such as the economics of switching to hydrogen. So, for example, there's uncertainty as to how the cost of hydrogen will compare to other fuels. There's uncertainty as to how much it will cost to upgrade the plant. Uh, will they have to replace all of their refractories, for example? And one of the biggest challenges the industry has when switching to a new fuel is the, the life expectancy of the furnaces. So a furnace... Um, a new furnace that's been built basically once it's been lit and it's been brought up to temperature which is about 1600 degrees celsius then it will continue to operate at that temperature pretty much for its full lifetime of, of up to 20 years so the furnaces that are built today uh, may not be replaced until 2040 and often sites might have at most uh, two maybe three furnaces a lot of sites will just have the one furnace so again they can't risk doing anything that might affect their production because then their whole site could be out of action for, for, for a number of months. So, so I think, yeah, there are concerns as to how they actually switch. Uh, when, when the fuel might be available as well is another concern. Uh, so we know in some areas, it's likely that there could be a supply of hydrogen within the next 10 years. Then there are other areas where it could be 20 or 30 years, if ever, that there might be sufficient volumes of hydrogen to service a glass plant. So um, I think those, those are the main concerns. But I think I would say, despite those concerns, I think there is a, a real keenness from the glass industry to explore this as an option. Yeah, I think um, I think in any process like this, I think it's very, in our sort of positions, it, we're obviously always forward looking and looking to that next, um, next opportunity. And in this case, hydrogen, it's often uh, hard to sometimes you have to remember that the person you know in charge of production at that plant you know their priority is producing the end product producing a quality product you know at the right cost and what have you so it's trying to trying to intertwine that with the forward looking view and hydrogen in this case is really tricky um i think you sort of touched on timescales so do you have does the sector have a sort of um 
I don't know really a, a date in mind. I mean, you talked about certainly the anything that goes in today might be there until twenty forty, for example. But is there is there any sort of a roadmap or a, a, something that you're working to? Yeah, it's a good question. So Glass Futures is actually working with our members to try and put together a, a roadmap for deploying hydrogen. Um, so there is actually one of the manufacturers that we're working quite closely with that has um, expressed a real interest in actually building a furnace that can run off hydrogen. And they're hoping that that might be realised within the next 10 years, potentially soon if they can get the volumes. So they've, they've kind of laid down the gauntlet to, to the Glass Futures team and the industry to say, look, if you can prove that it works, we're willing to consider putting down a hydrogen furnace. So I think there's at one end of the spectrum, there are companies that are kind of you know, sort of, yeah, chomping at the bit, so to speak, to, to get the hydrogen furnace there. But I think at the other end of the spectrum, there are probably manufacturers that may be looking at other fuels. So within the glass industry, I think one of the preferred options is uh, a large electric melting furnace uh, or potentially a furnace fired by biofuels. So I think probably the message really is that I think for the glass industry, there's probably going to be a range of different fuel scenarios that might be needed to decarbonize the industry, depending on the type of plant, the location and um, the sort of investment that's available. Um, but I think in terms of when, when might the first furnace be installed? Well, I think I'd love to see a full hydrogen furnace in the UK by 2030. Right, great, thanks. Yeah, I think that's a that's an excellent um, date to aspire towards. And there's a lot going on around 2030, 2050. Um, so in, in that sort of sense, um, is there any support that you'd be looking for, maybe perhaps from the government, to accelerate that progress towards the hydrogen transition? Sure, I think, first of all, I'd like to stress that the government has been really good in supporting us so far. Uh, so they've provided a lot of funding through the Industrial Fuel Switching Programme that's helped us to do a lot of the, the feasibility studies to start exploring how hydrogen fuels compare with natural gas fuels and start to understand how we design the infrastructure to use hydrogen and how we optimise the hydrogen process, the, the combustion process and the mechanics around using hydrogen to start understanding sort of how we make that transition. So, so it has been good so far. So I think I would say that that support needs to continue. I think the next challenge is that a lot of work so far has been done at a sort of smallish scale. The next stage is to trial it at a larger scale for a longer period of time. So our hope is that when our new pilot facility comes online towards the end of next year, we can secure funding from the government and hopefully from industry as well to actually run some prolonged trials, maybe sort of six to 12 month trials, actually in a, a proper glass furnace environment to start seeing how the different bits of the furnace respond when they're exposed to the hydrogen glass melting process for a long period of time. So I think that's one area is, is, is more support for the, the technical research that's needed. I think the other area of support that's required is really helping with the, the economics and the business case side of things. So if, for example, are there ways in which uh, the government can help subsidise hydrogen um, obviously, any glass that's produced has to be cost competitive with sort of competitive products that are produced using natural gas. So there has to be a way that's found to make it economically viable to use hydrogen. So I think and I know a lot of work is, is going on in that field across the, the country anyway. But I think certainly if, if the glass sector can be engaged and involved within those discussions as well, I think that will also be 
a key enabler to help the glass industry start to to seriously consider adopting hydrogen as a fuel. Great, thanks, thanks, Rob. As you say, there's you know a lot going on at the moment, and and certainly a lot of support. You know, we've just had the industrial hydrogen accelerator launched, the net zero hydrogen fund, and actually the business models as well, the hydrogen business models. So all all relevant. But um, I think the glass specific view is it'll be really valuable to to people listening to this. Um, I should have learned by now after recording quite a few of these, but time absolutely flies. So. Um, Thank you so much. I think we probably need to start drawing to a close. Um, thanks, Neelam, for, for joining us to host today. And thanks, Rob. It's um, been you know, a real privilege to have you here today and learn about the progress glass futures and the wider glass sector is making in the hydrogen world. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, as usual, any links mentioned today um, and a direct link to the Innovate UK KTN website will have been added into the description that you've seen for this. Don't forget to sign up to receive newsletters and updates. Um, we've got a couple in the pipeline for you, and it's um, so I'm not 100% sure which one will come next, but we're certainly in discussions about uh, um, a podcast on hydrogen combustion and then also about hydrogen for heat. So if you listen in to the next one, you should get one of those. So until then, uh, thanks again for following us and goodbye. Connecting for positive change.